Hey, welcome to the Relentless Positivity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Martin, and my guest today is Gregorio Lewis, and uh, he is a man that's gone through hell and back, and he's on a mission to help others who are in the same position, impossible position, not just to survive, but also to thrive. So, Gregorio, thanks for being here, man. Thanks very much, Joe. I'm super psyched to be on your show. I like your accent, and I like the people in Alabama, so thanks for having me. Cool, man. I appreciate you. For those who don't know, he's down in Mexico. Gregorio's down in Mexico. We'll get into that later. But uh, let's start where most great stories start, punk rock. So punk rock's been kind of an important part of your life. So uh, let's start off this. Uh, why, why punk rock? Why do you like punk so much? Well, I'm not sure that I like it so much as much as when I was a kid, no one else really accepted me. And mm-hmm. so it was a natural thing for me to be part of a community of people that also weren't accepted. And so the music is just so much like a, like a byproduct of the attitude and the, and the reality that makes you a punk rocker for life. So uh, I think it's more that um, I like being free and I like being me and punk rock just goes hand in hand with that, that, uh, that way of life. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, but if you had to name like top three bands, punk rock bands, what's, what's your top three, if you had to go with that? Well, I have a tattoo on my arm, uh, which uh, says the words, uh, sanity is a full-time job. And that's from a song uh, called, uh, titled Sanity from a band uh, called Bad Religion from Southern California back in the early 80s. And so I would say Bad Religion uh, is one of my favorite bands of all time. I would also say that uh, uh, there's a legendary band from the United Kingdom called Angelic Upstarts. And they were always singing about rebellion and fighting back and stand up for what's right. So I love the angelic upstarts. And for the third band, I'm also going to say from the UK, there's a band called Zounds, Z-O-U-N-D. Oh my God, I'm not going to spell it right right now. (laughs) But uh, they had a song called uh, uh, You Can't Cheat Karma. And uh, if anyone out there uh, Googles it, uh, you're going to hear the most amazing song possible along with the most amazing lyrics possible. And I'd like to think that... uh, it's reality that if you do the right things in the world, you try to treat people the best you can and you try to be honest, that uh, more good things will happen than if you uh, walk a different path. Oh, that's cool, man. Now, I've, I've heard of Bad Religion, but I haven't heard the other two, so I gotta look them up. So I gotta, I gotta get into that. So uh, so let me ask you this. So you've you've had some life experiences most people haven't had, and you've been able to help other people in the, in the punk rock space with that. Can you kind of get into that a little bit? Have you been able to help some people, speaking of karma? You know, uh, I was working as a mental health worker, and I know we're going to talk about that later, mm-hmm. but in the around 2011, this is actually a really interesting story, so it, it's directly, it's the, it's the indirect yet direct answer to your question. Uh, in 2011, a guy from Boston named Chris Pittman, who's sort of a semi-legendary sort of kind of punk rock guy, in my opinion, even though we're from the same era, he was doing uh, workshops about aliens and UFOs. And he actually was a, a presenter on the uh, History Channel on like those alien shows. And I heard that he was doing a, a presentation at a punk rock space where they had a punk, uh, potluck dinner. So I contacted, that was in my city back in Boston. So I contacted the, um, the organizer and I said, hey, I want to give a, a presentation about like punk rock, mental health and recovery. Can we organize this? And they said, yes. So they organized this event. And uh, 
I gave a presentation to about 30 of my friends who I had known for most of my life, but never really knew my story. And my life changed at that moment. So that, uh, along with working as a mental health worker already at that point in time, I just integrated my life because there was no way to separate the fact that I was working in mental health, that I was a survivor of all sorts of things, and also that I was a punk rocker. So it became a natural fit. And so what happened from there is that I started doing workshops and presentations around the United States and in Canada called Punk Rock Mental Health and Recovery. Then I met friends, and then I was able to publish a book, uh, an anthology book of stories of some of the people I met who were punk rockers, uh, who had lived experience with mental health, addiction, and trauma. So I published two books now since on that topic. And then I, I know we're going to get into it, but my life collapsed. I had nowhere to go. So I went to Europe, and I did the same thing there in 27 different countries. And now I live in Mexico. Wow. All right, man. So let's uh, let's go back. Let's go back to your younger years and uh, kind of tell a story of how you got kind of lost in the mental health care system. Well, the truth is my parents are sick. And that should have been the beginning and the end of the discussion. Mm-hmm. But they had a lot of money and they had prestige and things to protect. And so this grown up little boy that's talking to you right now, uh, was mistreated in ways that no child should be. And uh, I guess for better or for worse, depending on your perspective, uh, that money and, and, and that money was used to silence me. And I spent the majority of my life uh, beginning in 1988 as an identified sick person uh, and drugged to the gills, if you will. Uh, and it was documented that it was a fraud. And well, let's just say 28 years later, I proved that fraud was real using their own legal doc, using their own documentation, proving that I was a child victim. So the story goes on from there, but that's what happened. Oh, I was, man. I was defrauded of my life uh, to protect the, my parents. And it was done in a psychiatric way. Goodness gracious. So you, you get kind of you and you speak out against your parents and you kind of, they disown you uh, in the workspace. You speak out against some things that are going on there and you get blackballed from the workforce in the United States. And, and you've mentioned it before you, you wound up in Europe. So tell me how you wound up in Europe. Yeah. Just to touch upon what you just said previously, because you do know a little bit about my story. Yeah. Just to clarify for the listeners, I did get in trouble for speaking out against what was done to me. You know, we're from the United States of America. One of the things we are taught as children is to always tell the truth. And you know what, brother? That's what I did. That is what I did. All I did when I was a kid was I told the truth about what was happening to me. I was supposed to be able to trust these doctors. I was supposed to be able to trust my parents. I was supposed to be able to trust my family. And I learned that I couldn't. So, yeah. That changes you as a young person. I spent the majority of my life drugged as a zombie and not able to be my true self because of scared people who weren't well. So yeah, in our country, when they teach us to tell the truth, sometimes you learn that sometimes you're not supposed to tell the truth because I told the truth and that's what happened. Now moving forward, you also just briefly shared about the other part of my story in which in 2015, when I stopped taking the pills, I was also working as a mental health counselor, and I, I, I witnessed something that was illegal, and I reported it like I was required to, and the truth got me in trouble again. And so then, when no one wants you, when your parents tell you, if you don't stop talking about what happened to you as a child, you no longer have a family, 
and they they follow through with that. And then your working community says, if you don't stop talking about abuses that you've been eyewitness to in the mental health system, you're not going to have a job anymore. Well, they follow through with that. And so then, yes, now I live in Mexico for three years, thank the universe, thank the heavens. But prior to that, I spent a year and plus months uh, homeless, if you will, traveling in Europe, doing my thing, becoming who I am, uh, the man I am today. Wow. Can you share some of those spirits when you were in Europe, what, what you saw and what you did? I arrived in Paris, France with a one-way ticket, having said goodbye to my cat forever and my life that I knew and all my things with just a suitcase without speaking any language other than in English. And uh, I landed in Paris, France, and I was staying with the, some people who I knew professionally, and they had a workshop organized for me to present on my books with the translator. And uh, we did it. And then the third day I was there, uh, I ended up moving in with my tour guide for a month. And I had a, a Parisian girlfriend. And then after that, uh, when she, she kicked me out, I ended up living in a squat with a bunch of uh, men from Africa who came across the Mediterranean in rafts seeking a better life, all of whom had a horrendous trauma story. And I just lived in this building with no heat, like illegally with these people. And I began to, I began a life. I met people like me who had stories similar to mine of horrific things who were choosing to be better. And from that point there, I started giving workshops and talks all throughout the continent, bringing me all the way to what everyone in the world now knows as Kharkiv, Ukraine, where I was able to present on my work, uh, uh, workshops about mental health recovery with my punk rock community in Kharkiv and in Kiev, in, in Odessa. And in, in every possible country you can imagine, I did the same thing in Bulgaria where I met a man on the street playing a red clarinet and I went up with him and I spoke with him and I met him and the same thing keeps happening in Pristina, Kosovo, meeting people on the street, making friends, doing workshops and community spaces, creating connections for life. The same thing in the Netherlands, the same thing in Greece. And here's a brief anecdote that will truly uh, illuminate and illustrate what I'm speaking of. I had the opportunity to speak in Greece. And so I was in Pristina, Kosovo, which is in the middle of the Balkans. And I could have just taken a five-hour bus ride south into uh, Thessalonique, Greece, but I wanted to do it my way. So I wanted to go, I wanted to enter Greece by boat simply because I could, because it was possible to do that. So I took a mini bus, miniature bus from Pristina, Kosovo to Tirana, Albania, and then I took another bus to the coast of Albania, uh, arriving at six in the morning with only 20 euros in my pocket and two days to kill before I was able to travel. And then I stayed in Albania for two days. And I, then I took a ferry to Corfu, Greece, because I could. So I entered Greece by boat because I could. And that right there uh, is a moment that describes who I am as a person and what I was doing in Europe when I was trying to find myself, I did things my way. It sounds like it, man. I need to get out an atlas and a globe and look through, look up all this stuff, man. I, my geography is weak. I would be lost. So oh. let me ask you this. So you're, you're looking for yourself and trying to find some things out. What did you discover about yourself? I discovered that I liked myself uh, when I was away from the English speaking world. I discovered that people would interpret me uh, they, they would read my emotions or they would see my body language or they would 
uh, see how I smiled or if they felt like energetically comfortable with me or if they knew I was like a peaceful person because they could see from how I interacted or my interest or my whatever it was that whether you spoke my language or, or not, you could see that. And I realized that people saw me for who I was, even if my words failed me. And that, that was a life-changing moment, a life-changing reality that I could leave where I came from, where everyone more or less speaks this language that you and I are communicating in right now. And it didn't matter that other people couldn't understand my words and that I couldn't understand their words. A smile, a smile is like worth more than a thousand words sometimes. Yeah, smile's universal, right? We all get that one. Yeah, and when you when you are able to connect with somebody in, in in an authentic way, with like a loving warmth, and without the complications of like ego or capitalism or like manipulation, just like you're a person, I'm smiling, you're smiling. We live in this reality. It's gorgeous. Thank goodness we're alive. Like absolutely. Well, that's the cool part about traveling is you you find out that people around the world are pretty much the same. They all want the same things. They all want, you know, they, they interact the same ways. We're all pretty, we're very, we're more alike than we are different. We are so much more alike than we are different. Wouldn't it be amazing if human beings treated each other the way cats and dogs treat each other? Because cats and dogs don't give a you-know-what. If you're a big dog, a small dog, uh, like a brown dog, uh, like anything, they just right. think you're a dog and they love you or they, whatever they do, they don't care about anything else. And I wish we were like that. Um, amen, man. So the, you do your travel on Europe, then you wind up and you just pack everything up. You got a backpack and you wind up in Mexico. Once again, you do not speak the language. Uh, you got pretty much the clothes on your back and what's in your backpack. And what, what how'd you decide to go to Mexico first? Well, because I wanted to be independent and stable and I didn't want to, I didn't want to impose myself on a girlfriend or a lover in Europe because I wouldn't have been able to have legal status there and I couldn't have healthcare and I would be a liability for them. You know, if, mm -hmm. if something happened and um, I decided that that wasn't fair. I could have stayed in France, I think. I could have stayed in the Czech Republic. I could have stayed in Netherlands. I had opportunities, but I knew the right thing for me was to be independent. And uh, uh, well, the truth is, uh, economically speaking, I could afford to live in Mexico. I could afford to be here legally. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what happened. I had no options of what to do with my life other than to keep living. and to know that I could live somewhere and afford to live there and have a life. Well, here we are. It's a nice, it's a blessing to be here. Absolutely. So what do your days look like today? Like what do you, what was an average day look like in your life now? Well, that's a great question because an average day in my life is waking up uh, when the, the roosters are uh, making noise and then sitting on my couch, having a cup of coffee, uh, going out and looking at my flowers and checking on my plants opening my door for the cats to come in, both the cats that like, I personally take care of and then all of the other cats in the neighborhood who want to come and eat and hang out. And then I'll walk around. Uh, I live in a beautiful place uh, with, with like cobblestone and old like 
really old ancient roads and I'll go eat some food in the center cooked by somebody who has recipes that go back 500 years and then I'll hang out, you know, I'll, I'll drink something, I'll uh, look at something, I'll live, I'll love, I'll do some work on the computer, I'll do an interview, just try to contribute to the world in the best way I can and be a good person while I'm doing it, hopefully. Damn, that sounds like an awesome day, man. I got to get on your level. That sounds like a great day. Well, all you have to do is have your life completely collapse and <laughs> yeah. lose everything you have that's material. Think that your whole entire life has been destroyed and that you have no options and no hope and no love and no friends and choose that you're worth uh, everything and that if no one else is going to do it for you because they can't and you feel all alone, then you're the only person who can do it for you. You can save your life if you want to. Uh, you can be happy if you want to. You can find beauty and joy in the moment. You can find a smile almost anywhere. You can find authenticity if you just look for it and you allow it to be to be available to you. And then you can just live your life no matter what happened to you, no matter what you had to do, no matter what anyone else did to hurt you, no matter what you did to anyone else in response or anything. All your dreams are possible. All you have to do is have your entire life collapse or collapse to a certain degree. And then choose to be happy and find your way. Man, that, that's, that's, you make an awesome point, though, because we pretty much we find what we're looking for. Right. If you're looking for, you know, happiness, you're going to find it. Right. So you, you've done you've choose you choose to put, uh, to put your focus on the things that you want in your life. And and you kind of touched on this, but um, your latest book out, you know, Surviving the Impossible is a great title, by the way. So tell us a little bit about the book and what, what people can find in it. So uh, funny you ask, because uh, since we. Uh, arranged this interview i published another book man so, you're a machine well you know what about 10 weeks ago uh i made a decision to radically change my life uh for the better because i wanted to and so i've been making lots of improvements so 10 weeks ago i decided i was going to publish a new book and i was going to make sure that it was going to be let's call it successful in such a way that the things that are i struggle with mostly financially speaking would no longer be an issue. So I created something that I know will be of great value to people who are in the recovery process anywhere in the world. And that I created something in such a way that will allow me to have the financial stability that I need to be safe, stable, happy, and well, and also to help hundreds and thousands of people or maybe more, which is like the best thing I could do with my experience is to turn it into something that helps others. And so yeah, so that book that I just published is called The Original peer support and recovery, coping skills, workbook and curriculum, which is a completely ridiculous long title. But like I said <laughs> at the beginning, I do whatever I want and it seems to work for me. Uh, but to your point, yes, I published this, this other book called uh, The Craig Lewis Guide to Surviving the Impossible. And uh, if you'd like, I can read something from it. It might be easier than just trying to describe yeah, it. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, go for that. All right. And I don't know if you noticed, but I talk with a funny intonation. I actually talk pretty normal, like normal American English. But because I live in Mexico, I constantly have and I, I live in Mexico and I spent so much time in other parts of the world. I've changed how I speak to be able to be more easily understood. And so sometimes I'm doing interviews and I'm talking like normal English, like, bah, 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 like we all speak. Then I'm talking like this because I revert back to like how I have changed my language to be more easily understood. So forgive me if that sounds funny. I actually talk super normal, I guess, but I also talk funny. So hope that's cool with you. Oh, you're doing great, man. You're doing great.
All right. Mm, so this is like an intense thing I'm going to read to you, but uh, it's okay. This is page 28 and page 29 from the Craig Lewis Guide to Survive the Impossible. So page 28 is the passage and page 29 is the worksheet. And so I can read the passage. You and I can have a brief reflection about it if you want. And then we can talk about the questions and I can answer a question. I, you can answer a question if you like. It'll be cool if you want to do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. So most people out there are going to relate with this in some way, especially if you had a hard time in life, especially if you, if you had struggle or pain or trauma or anything that causes you pain, you're going to get it. This is titled, If Your Animal Companion Loves You Unconditionally. If your animal companion loves you unconditionally, maybe they see the true beauty that exists within you. I will always, always, always cherish the love of my sweet little boy, Max the Cat. No matter where on this earth he is, breathing or resting in peace, he loves me and I know it. Saying goodbye to Max the Cat was one of the hardest and most painful experiences of my life. I feel that I abandoned my child, my rescued best friend, to whom I dedicated myself to caring for, for the rest of his life. How blessed are we all to know that months after he returned to the street, after his foster mother who loved Max as much as I did, was displaced and has now passed away, that he is now adopted by a loving family once again, and he is now safe and cared for for the rest of his life. I call him my sweet beast, and he is my best friend. Through thick and thin, this 28-toed fury creature loved me in defiance of my many hard times, my ups and downs, and several instances of absolute chaos and crazy. It's been a long time since I felt the warmth of Max the Cat. However, I will never forget the power of his love for me. If he loves me, no matter how rough or terrible things were with me, then I must be worth it, right? People often say animals know. So trust in your four-legger, your feathered friend, your amphibious roommate, or even your aquatic amiga. So perhaps on those days, when it is hard to imagine that tomorrow could ever come, like I felt a mere three days ago. Perhaps remember that if you have ever been loved unconditionally by your animal companion, maybe they know what they are talking about. There you go. That's a good point, man. Just, uh, my dog's always glad to see me. No matter what's going on with my day, dog's always glad to see me. And what does that mean about you? Hey, that means that maybe I'm okay. You know, maybe the, the things I think that make me a terrible person, maybe I'm still okay. And I don't know if you have a family or you have probably have friends in your community. And if your dog is, uh, if, they, if your dog's kind to them and they, they're nice to the dog, you almost know that like, that's a good person right there because my dog knows. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't trust, I don't trust people that mistreat animals or little kids. I don't trust right. them. And you know, little kids and animals, they know when there are people around who aren't 
okay. Mm-hmm. They try to tell you. Like a dog's like, Urgh. a little kid's like kind of pushes away, pulls away. Those kids, those little kids and dogs don't have the filters that adults Absolutely. learn to apply. Yeah. And it's just a reverse uh, experience where we are the humans who have the uh, capacity of our of our thoughts and our our our, our feelings uh, to be combined and to make these these intellectual uh, we have these intellectual processes telling us all sorts of stuff. But the reality is, those dogs and cats and well, children develop into this, but they just see what they see and they know what they know and they feel what they feel and it's not complicated like it is for the rest of us adults humans and if they know that we're cool then that's like priceless and it's not just priceless for them it's priceless for us because it tells us who we really are even when we are not who we really want to be very cool yeah and listen to the dogs and cats yeah. Can I ask you a question from the, the worksheet? Sure. Go for it. Do you believe that your animal companion views you as the most beautiful, perfect, special, and wonderful creature in their life? Uh, for me, uh, that's my wife. So the dog would consider her the most beautiful ever, but I'm a, I'm a second. I'm close. Like if she was out of town or something, I, I, I go into first place. But right now I'm second to her. Well, that's that's there's no wrong answer, and uh, your answer is correct in all the ways that it is. So respect. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so here's another question uh, I can answer it as well. If if your animal companion said to you in words, right? This is crazy. I love. I wrote. I can't, sometimes when I give presentations or I do interviews, I read what I write, and I'm like. I can't believe I actually wrote this. Now I have to say it like, with my words. Like, I have to face what I've written. Uh, if your animal companion said to you in words, how much they love you, what would those words be? I'm like, wow. I think, That's a good question, I think, man. Like, because how, how do you even begin to answer that when, because it's about the feelings. Like, I think... A lot about when a human being, we complicate our lives because we can think so much and we can rationalize and we can understand. And But our feelings change how we think. And unless we come to the point in our lives where we can recognize and then begin to have some degree of control over the reality that feelings are the result of thoughts. So once you're able to uh, understand that your feelings, you will feel better if you are better able to manage the thoughts that like happen inside your head uh, and how you react to stuff that don't, you don't have to have things become chaos. And so I learned this very much. So, and so how, what would an animal say to me about how much they love me if they could? I don't know, but I certainly do know what it feels like when I'm having a rough day. And my four-legger comes up to me and rubs against my foot. And whether or not they want food or anything else, they know that I'm theirs. And that means the whole world to me. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't take words to show that you love someone, right? Right. And sometimes words get in the way. And I, I'm a king of making saying the wrong things in my life. Yeah. So sometimes you have to just be better and just find your way to be a better person. So let me ask you a weird question. So uh, 
do you think your cat has an accent like a spanish accent um well i think it's a great question i i'd like to think that uh all the cats and dogs who know me here are bilingual i okay. certainly uh take the time to speak to the cats that come to my house in both english and spanish because i do want them to um i want them to know i think it's important to have a bilingual child uh even though they're a four-legger they're still a child um so do I think they have an accent? You know what? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, I, I would think so. Yeah, I, I would like to hear them talk. My, my wife claims our dog would probably have a British accent. So I'm not sure how that <laughs> happened here in Alabama, but uh, who knows? Well, I mean, let's call, call a spade a spade. In the South, and I can hear it in your voice, you have a very different accent than... A northerner from Massachusetts, right? Who's <laughs> right. been to the meat grinder and now uh, speaks with a funny intonation because he lives in, in Mexico. Um, yeah. So I like how you talk, brother. I like people from Alabama. I like people from the South. I have a Boston accent, according to some people, but I'm pretty certain that all animals, uh, uh, their accent is the accent of love. So there, that's there what's most important to me. So let me ask you just one more thing, just to wrap this up. So if, there, if there's someone out there and, th and they're struggling, that maybe they're going through something similar that you went through, they don't have any hope and they're about to give up, what would you say to that person right now? To all the people out there in the world who are struggling, who feel like they're going to have to give up or they don't know how, how to make tomorrow even exist, you feel like walking away from the world, please, number one, remember that there are people like Joe out there who take the time to bring this information to you, to give light uh, to uh, truths about, about healing and that you can access people all over the world who, who, who want to make the world a better place. And that means that there are people everywhere who care about you, who care about people like you, who care about people like me. So look for those people, all right? Now, with that said, I am the living, walking proof of surviving the impossible. And I'm a happy person but I'm also a person who struggles immensely. And if I can take the things that happened to me, the abandonments, the humiliations, the devastations and the losses, and still embrace the beauty that exists in the moments that they exist in, then anybody can. So please try to remember that on your worst moment, and when you feel like you cannot continue, and when you feel like, that all is lost and all you want to do is never feel again. Remember that 24 hours from that moment, you will feel differently. You might not feel better. Maybe you'll feel worse. I hope that's not the case, but you will feel different than you do in this moment. And if you allow yourself the chance, just give yourself the chance of time, the way the universe works and the way human beings work is that 24 hours later to that moment, you will absolutely feel something different than you feel right now, which means that you all must give yourself the chance to know. And that's my message to you. I hope that you will make that decision because that's true. Oh, that's great, man. So if people want to follow you and get your books, what's the best place to uh, keep in contact with you? The best way to keep in contact with me is to go to my website, which is called sanityisafulltimejob.org. And if you remember at the beginning, we talked about bad religion. And yeah. I said I had a tattoo when you were asking me about my favorite punk bands. 
So this band, Bad Religion, they have the song called Sanity, and the chorus is, Sanity is a full-time job. And so that's on my arm, and that's the name of my website, sanityisafulltimejob.org. And if you want to find all my books, you just go to sanityisafulltimejob.org slash collections, and you can scroll down and see all the things that I have available, and uh, please go ahead and do so if you cool. want to. I will do that. And I will link all that in show notes. You can go directly to the link. So, man, Gregorio, thanks so much for being on the show, man. I really appreciate the message and the work that you're doing out there. Thanks so much, Joe. I'm really grateful to speak with you. And uh, um, I actually plan to come to Alabama this year or next year because I've been, been talking to people in the, in the South about coming and doing some workshops. So uh, if that happens, I'm definitely going to reach out to you. Please do, man. That would be great. Awesome. Have a beautiful day and, and thanks for everything. And uh, thanks to all your other list, all your listeners and to all your other guests. And uh, have a beautiful, beautiful and rock and roll weekend. Uh, you do the same. Man. And, and if you're listening to this right now and then you kind of you kind of got something out of this, please share this message. He's trying to reach thousands of people this, this, with these books and these workshops that he's doing. So please share this message. Please share this podcast. Let's get this message out there and let's get some people some help. Gagari, keep up the great work, man. And I'd love for you to see you in Alabama. We will see you later. Respect. Have a beautiful afternoon. Wow, what a great episode. You share that with somebody. I'm going to share with you some awesome sponsors. McWilliams Marketing. They can help your business grow. Regardless of the size of the project, you're going to get a solution that is specifically created for you and your business. No cookie cutter, one size fits approach here. So Amy and her band of fearless marketers can help you with all that stuff that you think you can do, but you're not really that good at it. You don't have time for it. They can do that. They're the experts. It's what they do. Web design, online conversion optimization, SEO, uh, graphic design, marketing, page management, all that stuff. Go let them do that. Don't handle that yourself. Go check them out at mcwilliamsmarketing.com. See what all they can do. They're amazing people. Teak Patnick with Patnick Realty. He really does it all in the real estate world. General real estate sales, acquisitions, property management, investments, all that good stuff. You're not just a transaction with Teak. He really wants to build a relationship for life with you. He has built his whole business on prayer, hard work ethic, honesty, and results. You can trust Patnick Realty with all your real estate needs. Hey, I trust my brother from another mother, Teak, and you should too. Give him a call, 256-694-0117, or email him at teak at patnickco.com. Hey, if your child's struggling with math, are you frustrated trying to help them? Then you need Mathnasium of Madison. They will meet your child where they are and help them get where they need to go. And they will do this in a positive and uplifting environment. You'll see measurable changes in attitude, confidence, and school progress. And go to their website, mathnasium.com slash madisonal, and sign up for the assessment. It is a risk-free and cost-free process that will tell you exactly where your child stands academically. Check them out again, mathnasium.com, madisonal. You know what you need in your life? Some apparel app. It's where I get all my t-shirts and the Hope Dealer stickers there and all my stuff over there. But you can brand just about anything you want there. Whether you have an idea of what you want or you have no idea where to start, they can help you. Go check out their website, apparelab.inc, I-N-K. You, or you can email them at theapparelab at gmail.com. Use a promo code RELENTLESS. Save yourself some money. Get some great products. Hey, these are awesome businesses. Go support them. They're out supporting positivity, and they will do you right. Have an awesome day.